up, everyone? Welcome back to Strange Cast, Player One vs. Worlds Life is Strange podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Adnan. My co host, Adam, is here. Adam, you hip? I'm here. It's the morning. Uh, I am feeling good. We are feeling good. So we are back um, after a little bit of a hectic schedule with Strange Cast episodes dropping left, right, and center. Um, obviously, as we had that Kylie episode, we had other episodes in between it, but we are now back on a two week um run period and we also have well we have some decent content as well as covering this episode but if you are here first would you please drop us a subscribe like share comment put a notification on it does help the channel i wouldn't ask otherwise um and as always as well strange cast is available on podcast services so we are available on everything including apple podcasts um amazon music stitcher all that good jazz so do head on over there if you want the audio version and there is an actual video and audio version on spotify as well so do follow us on those links if you want as well and uh, do write us on those as well it does help so adam we are back um at, we'll dig into our news I, first oh i was gonna hmm? say as a recording we're at 909 subscribers so come on now get them to a thousand let's go <laughs> if only if only and everyone as well we are i'm hopeful life after strange will come back at some point this month hopeful i have two guests lined up i'm just trying to get dates and recording and that i know it's been almost four months or so but like just it, it's it's i'm in the worst process of trying to arrange it so please be bear patience with me as well but um but yeah away from that let's move into the news first so mm-hmm. i'll you know this isn't life-changing news this is very small news i kind of wanted to build it into this topic segment um because i think like it gives us a bit more context about what we're going to be expecting from uh don't know montreal um and it's just a brief very brief exchange i saw from here um so adam i'll give you a bit of context because i followed um so natalie flores tweeted first and michelle who is um we all know michelle from life is strange one two don't know montreal he responded to it and you can't see natalie's tweets anymore because she's private account i imagine some nasty troll has probably come for at some point so you can't see it, but I can see it because I followed her and she approved it. So I'll read what she what she put. She put, and I don't think it's in reference to people saying stuff about this tweet, but it's what she put. She put, I beg, I beg you all to stop making your game so big. I literally do not care about your two hundred thousand words instead of one hundred fifty k about traveling to one thousand planets, about being sold on the idea that I need to spend five hundred hours to complete everything in your game. She followed it up in another tweet, which was, I barely have time or energy to play more than 10 games I can put on my game of the year list for the website. Like, please, you're torturing me. Uh, not to mention that workforce you don't do enough to protect, but you already know that. So Michelle responded to this, and he just put, and very simply put, I promise you that we're not doing that with our team, which mm-hmm. in itself can relate to a lot of the stuff which is like she said in there. Um, and I kind of wanted to bring it into this because I feel like talking about my game, um, I, I played Oxen Free recently, as as you suggested. Yeah. And I think we'll come on to that maybe in the spread of the art segment because I've got a lot to say about that, and I'll keep it spoiler free in that because there's a lot mm-hmm. to be said about that. But when I was playing that game, I, I, I yearned for those days. You know, it's only seven years ago, like the Life is Strange one game came out, and Oxen Free is not that old. But like you know, the, that kind of era of Telltale games, Life is Strange games, I miss those days. There were there were just simpler times in like some of the games that were being built, and like you know what michelle's saying with this is the the kind of vibe i've got so far with what they're doing is kind of like hopefully in the same uh in the same vein as life is strange one to create this kind of like very you know i always say to people like when you play life is strange one it, yeah. it is a triple a game because it's developed developed by don't know it's published by square enix but it, <laughs> you could probably put it in someone and they probably think it's an independent game it's almost like double a it's not really got 
the same triple yeah. A aesthetics of like God of War or a Horizon or something like that. So I kind of wanted to take this kind of to bring it into a conversation because like, you know, the fact that he's kind of responded to her tweet saying that we're not going to go for that game where it's like, it's not 500 hours. We're not having 600 billion members of staff on there. We're not doing like, you know, 800,000 word scripts. We're not overworking people and creating crunch time. Like I remember Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog getting absolutely swallowed up in the industry for doing crunch on um, The Last of Us Part 2. Um, yeah. And it was like, yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, and, and and it's like the little things. Like, it's like, I think with Last of Us 2, it's like, you know, that little rope mechanic moving around. I was like, well, I care more about people's health, mental health and safety than 1,800 devs doing this to work out a mechanic of how to swing a rope around. Because that's not, it's it's visually aesthetically cool at first, but then after that, <laughs> the novelty wears off after 10 minutes. So I'd rather play a concentrated game than to spend more time. And I think that this is the the kind of the thing i like about their game and i think with michelle kind of like talking about it i wanted to bring it as a topic se section and also news i think it gives us another little trinket of news about what we expect from the montreal game mm -hmm. um yeah no like i i'm especially happy that michelle co is not you know giving this 500 hour game because yeah we're we're in a stage of bigger is better in this world right like big like especially american culture you know, bigger is better. We want more, 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 more. But, but like, honestly, it's just like, who has the time anymore? Like, who has the time? Like, I don't have time. I'm writing an album. I don't have time right now. Um, I don't even think about that because I currently started um, Elden Ring uh, recently. Oh, I, I God. Yeah, I know. I currently started it. But <laughs> it's like, I don't have time to finish it. Like, I just saw a tweet. It's like, after 120 hours in the Elden Ring, I finally beat it. I'm like... Bro, I don't have 120 hours, dude. Like, I got a full-time job. I'm working on the those things. I'm, we're, I'm working on, like, I'm, we're, we're doing this, you know? Like, I don't have time for that. Um, and even if you're not working on artistic things, right? Like, we're older now. The, the gamers are older, so we have families. We have children. We have uh, other responsibilities. We have volunteer work, you know? It's just kind of like one of those things. Like, why are we making things bigger in that sense but i'm glad michelle is getting things more concentrated and a lot more focused because like like what you said Adnan, i i toward i more gravitate towards the games that i can just like play in a sitting or uh maybe a weekend or like just like kind of pick up and play like i've been playing fortnite a lot it's like one of those things like i'll play two matches and i'm done i'm good you know that's it yeah. but not like commitment you know I can only commit to like one seriously long game and it was when I'm doing it, I have to have, you know, it has to have like, in, like, I really appreciate yeah, like, it. Like Horizon. One a year. Yeah. Like Horizon, I must have put at least probably, like, I think it was up to like at least 90 hours or something to that to play it through. And mm -hmm. the same with Final Fantasy VII Remake. They're the games that recently I put in a lot of time, but I just can't be, was it Dying Light? It was like 500 hours. Is it, oh, this okay. is kind so of like reference Dying Light to? Was, a, was an interesting case because yeah, Dying Light 2, they came out and said, like, we have 500 hours in the game. And people, like, were just like, are you insane? And then they're like, whoa, 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 wait. If you're a completionist, you know, it's 500 hours. If you do, like, this plus all the side quests, it's, like, 250 hours. But if you just do the main quest, it's only 80 hours. Or something something to that effect. But it's still, like, a long game, dude. I was just like, oh, my God. No, I don't have time. I love Olivier Defrier. De De Oh my god, I always get his name wrong. Olivier <laughs> Debrier, but he's the composer behind um, Plague Tale Innocence, Remember Me, 
um, and also Dying Light, love his mm-hmm. music. Damn, that's a long game. <laughs> I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I just cannot commit that much time to certain games. Like I'm playing, um, at the minute, I'm literally playing in the, in the background, which is Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. <laughs> I'm just playing, nice. cause I'm like, and I'm playing it like slowly. I'm like, this is just boring. It's like, why is it so long? It's like, why is every game like this? That's one I'll, years I'll ago this. as well. As, as like a long-time Assassin's Creed fan, but a new <laughs> Ubisoft um, you know, protester, I'm not playing any of their games. But I will say, as a long-time Assassin's Creed fan, Assassin's Creed 3 was the most divisive Assassin's Creed yeah, it is. in the entire series. Because, like, Thus, I, go I liked go. it. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Like, I didn't love it. But, like, a lot of people are just, like, including lasers. Like, the whole, like, Four Pillars community hate Assassin's Creed 3. Like most people hate it, so like, yeah, it was it was um it was a very divisive the, form of it. To get back on Life is Strange, I mean, but the twist yeah. was great in it, and I won't mention the twist because and I, I know it, there's a lot of time that's passed, but the twist was very good at first. But then that is one of my favorite periods of history with the American Revolution. I just yeah. couldn't believe, I just didn't think it hit the mark. Like, oh, Connor's like the most boring no, it on didn't. the planet. Um, but like that, that game really threw me off. That was the point in my my interest in the Assassin's Creed dwindled, and then it came back a little bit with um, Black Flag. I thought Black Flag was phenomenal. The gameplay yeah. on that is so good. When you're just on ships and flying, it's so good. But my like my huge interest, because I was like following it religiously, you know, the Ezio collection, all that. It fell off after that point. Um, but I'm, like in the context of why I brought up Assassin's Creed Three, I was like, I'm playing it in the spare time, but I'm not invested in it at the minute. I'm just like kind of like regauging and see if my opinion has changed on it, and. Mm. It's the same with these kind of games with, um, with like, I, I just want concentrated story games sometimes. You want to play it through, it's like nine or ten hours, and it's just been, you know, great all the way through. That's mm-hmm. all I really want really want yeah. from a game. And that's that's what I'm expecting from the Dota Montreal game. I don't want it. <laughs> it's not, I don't expect it to be like an open world, gigantic game of like 200 hours of like just walking around shops and seeing things. Like... And, and I, there'll yeah. be another point I'll come on to as well later on when I talk about Oxenfree. I think this is where I'm very, you know, very strict with how I see games as well uh, compared to like may, maybe other mediums. But like, uh, yeah, so like him saying that makes sense. And in itself, let me go back to the, you know, when we talked about the interview that Frederica did with um, Games Industry yeah. Bits about the recruitment balance of, um, I don't know, Montreal. So you had like an almost mm-hmm. even balance because at the time, the games industry said that um, the staff has grown over to 33 employees, 16 of them are women. So yeah. in between that, I don't know how many people have come and gone as, as it is one of those things with the industry. You could be working on a game for a year and then you could leave in between the middle of development. Um, and I know they're still hiring as well. Uh, Frederica's Twitter says that as well. Yeah. Says, don't know about the way, happy hiring. two-year anniversary to Donal Montreal. Woo. Indeed, we will, we will come on to that. Is that a topic segment? Nope. Is it not? <laughs> no, I was surprised. Um, oh no, that was maybe. I think that was meant to be a topic segment as well. But like well, again, well, I, like <laughs> I, I didn't say anything because um, uh, behind the scenes, I just got a tooth pulled, so I'm on pain medication. So when I so, read it, I was like, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was meant to include that into the show notes. We'll 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 include it into this section. Then it makes it makes a bit more sense. Um, but yeah, like when she said that like you know they are still recruiting it's a that's a relatively quote-unquote small team so far um i'm expecting when they announce the game they'll probably ramp up development a bit more and be like we need this person to come in this person to come in it usually happens with sure um studios kind of like, come in write some tracks yeah like i i get it yeah 
um but like no because i went back to this interview because it's like when when i was reading back through it and talking through it it was like you can see it's going to be a concentrated project it's going to be very sharp story driven and it's not going to yeah. fill you in with that kind of filler content and that's what i want like you know i remember playing life is strange one of those eight week release windows they were really pretty much hit for the first four episodes it was so great to kind of just get this really heavy one one and a half hour maybe two two and a half hour episode where you could just like basically play it for the story and then i'd walk away thinking you know what i've completed a game here it's like done mm. dusted i don't need to come back and that's what i'm kind of hoping for like i'm hoping for a little bit of exploration but i'm not i'm hoping it's like a i don't know maybe like a 10 to 15 hour game i'd be happy with that yeah and that's the thing like, i remember when um spider-man ps4 came out and everybody was disappointed it was 20 hours i was like 20 hours is beautiful it's i great. love it like that Perfect. 20 hours is like my max when you say what like um like like after i release the album I'm, I'm I'm already going to take a break from music, and um, I'm already planning on Dragon's Dogma because in that in that mindset, Dragon's Dogma is a commitment, and that's only a 35 hour game. But like 35 hours to me, it's just like okay, I need some time away <laughs> to actually play this. Yeah. So that's why I say like 20 hours is like the like the max, you know? Yeah. But like yeah, like eight to 20 hours is my is my strong mark. A four hour game. Mm. Ah, beautiful i love four hour uh games but like eight to 20 hours i'm like like game set matching like oh yeah i'll start that up let's go but anything more than that i'm just like okay i need some time for that dude it's like chill yeah i think maybe it's that kind of thing where we we are getting older so it's kind of like we're like mm, you know i don't want like 900 hour game and like younger audience might be like we want this kind of game i'm just in that set where it's like i want to play it for like it's like that spider-man ps4 game it's like unbelievable game for me and it's like for 20 hours it has it's mm -hmm. probably some of the best 20 hours i've played because you can just do other yeah. things in between that so it's like i want a concentrated story that doesn't like fluff around too much and then the rest if i need to explore i can explore but it's mm -hmm. not like you know the be all end all of the situation um so i i'm i'm generally quite i was kind of happy when i saw that tweet from him saying like you know we're not doing that with our team where it's like we're not yeah overworking our workers all this time because like crunch culture is probably the worst in that industry as it is um you know we're not overworking our workers we're not having a massive team we're not building a 500 hour game we're not doing this it's just like you know and in itself the development we would be waiting like nine years for this game to come out it was like 500 yeah. hours or something like they've they've just set their studio up from the ground and like mm -hmm. as you said like we'll bring that topic in where it's like you know two-year anniversary for don't know montreal the game's still like wherever it's at they've had to go through a pandemic like yeah. they've moved the two of them together luke and uh, michelle you have to uproot your life and go somewhere else you're settling in then you're meeting other people then you try to get like a new idea like you know it's, it's so difficult and not many not many developers have that opportunity like they have where it's like you can start a new ip fresh and like have an opportunity um and they've they, they are they're probably very fortunate to have that with with that studio to give them the opportunity to say like don't you, you don't have to make another life strange game we won't work with square enix at this point we'll let you make a new ip and go from that so it's like it's 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 all it's all um you know it's it's all a mixed bag in terms of like how how someone can feel so in itself yeah it's like it's cool it's been two years since our studio has been founded it's nice to kind of see like that obviously that vhs teaser that we got we know which game theirs is, is going to be um hopefully maybe next year we hear something from the game i think most likely or probably next year at some point we'll hear something about this game and yeah i'm, I'm as i said i've always said i'm very generally excited for this game yeah, no, like I, I am so stoked for this, especially like you said, it's going to be more concentrated. Um, I, and because it's coming from Michelle, um, you know, his 
his style is going to like bleed into this game and we love Michelle's style. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a banger game for us on the strange cast. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think like, we'll, uh, should we move on to our next topic then? Uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And a uh, happy two year anniversary to don't know Montreal as, as happy two years. you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, so we will move into life is strange, true colors at this point. This was a nice little, um, surprise from this. Um, we are going to one of Katie Benz's vlogs. So Katie has been sharing on her YouTube channel behind the scenes vlogs of her time working on the development of True Colors, right. um, which I recommend you check as well. It's really quite interesting to follow that she actually, I, I think you kind of like wouldn't have this idea at first, but then to do it whilst obviously how long she was working in the game, it's quite cool. But obviously like one of the things that was spotted and was shown on Reddit, and I will show you a picture now, if you are watching the video version, there is me and Katie. <laughs> Here. she's obviously <laughs> imagine this i hope she doesn't see this um so on here she's in the room with life is strange true colors and we have a different logo look for life yeah. is strange at this point which is life is strange three as it's obviously done very early in development this game seems to have changed a lot in development also yeah i'm just noticing in this picture in the in the table below is an xbox 360 controller mm. Yeah, indeed. So I guess it was made that, for 360 originally, and then they put it up to. Wait, when, to when, when was this? This game was in 2018 development, maybe 2018. Yeah, like no, that. the yeah, the 360 like, was long dead. That could be the dev kit. You, yeah, it's definitely the dev kit right there. Mm -hmm. So like, they always have a dev kit. I think you're not meant to share dev kits like screen wise. You might be very. Yeah. You might have to keep them quite fingy boy. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so obviously we have Life is Strange free in this kind of like little, very old school Life is Strange one aesthetic look before mm -hmm. Storm style has a record in between it for the IS. Um, so I kind of wanted to bring this up. Um, and yeah, you should go and check Katie's vlog out as well. Um, yeah. Good, good to follow it. But I, I looked at that the first time and thought, I was like, why did you change it? <laughs> like, I think that's more closer to Life is Strange than True Colors is in a lot of aspects. Yeah. I, I think there's a couple different reasons for it because, I mean, one, you're not really, you know, don't nod, right? This is developed by uh, Deck Nine. So it's kind of weird for, like, Deck Nine to be the official Life is Strange 3. So it's a couple, it's a couple different things because, like, don't nod, right, with uh, Michelle... Uh, and his squad, right, um, made Life is Strange, and then they made Life is Strange 2. But in between that, Deck Nine made Life is Strange before the storm. So it's kind of weird that, like, you know, the the Michelle and Luke and uh, th those squads, sorry, I'm still waking up from things. But, um, you know, to go over and say, like, oh, we are now Life is Strange 3 canonically, it, it's kind of weird. So I, I imagine there were some board meetings uh maybe, maybe oh that's that's pure board meetings and speak i'm not we'll come on to the number in a minute because i have a i'm very torn on that in different aspects but are I'll you talking talk about, about just like the, the record in between yeah no just the aesthetic of it the logo the design <clears throat> oh yeah let me let me actually pull up true colors because like the like i'm trying to think like off the top of my head uh life is strange i really dug it i thought this is what they should have gone for personally i think obviously marketing all those other upper executives have come in at this point because the text has changed. I think they even text underneath it as well. Yeah, the menu like this one's kind of like, I can see why they went with this choice, but not that choice because 
again, like with that choice, you're you're trying to make Life is Strange your own thing. Uh, but then again, yeah, like you said, Before the Storm had that same aesthetic. So I don't know. It, it's kind of like one of those things where it's just like I, I imagine they're trying to make it their own title, their own IP, their their own kind of genre. And yet, you know, they're sticking with the same kind of logo format with what we're seeing in Life is Strange 3. Um, so I guess it's kind of like one of those things, like, do we really want to stick with the same norm? Because I don't think Life is Strange True Colors really follows the same format as a true uh, Life is Strange game. And I know we we already talked about it. It follows the same beats as Life is Strange 1. Um, but I think that Deck 9 is trying to do it their own way. And I think that's why they changed it to like, like I was trying to think of it off the top of my head. Now that I'm actually seeing what Life Strange True Colors looks like, it's kind of like degraded. Um, and there's more, there's more emphasis on the colors behind it, which is another reason. So like Life is Strange is not emboldened, but like the colors behind it are the focal point, uh, more or less. So yeah, I, I get I, it. I get I'm it. Not, I'm not, I get it. I like bit, it. Cause like, I've obviously taken Kate out of this picture. It's like, I get it, because like, actual Life is Strange 3, it does look very indie. It looks a little bit cartoonish. Yeah. With does. the game that they're setting, I kind of get it where it's funny. But I think this, eliminating this, for example, is a big mm -hmm. disconnect from people from True Colors. I think like, yeah. this is an example where True Colors is going to a completely new direction with Life is Strange. I don't know how fans are really going to feel about that, personally speaking. Because I feel yeah, like when no. I looked at it now, I, I saw a lot of people thinking like, people were divisive on this at first, the free, which I'll come on to in a moment. But the actual logo, I thought the logo was quite cool with the emphasis on the record label. And whilst it looks mm -hmm. a little bit maybe like a kiddie kind of thing, I, well, kiddie thing for most people, like outsiders, I think it looks good. I was like really kind of cool on this. I was like, what a shame. Well, like, also I get why they took out the record because think about this, right? Um, okay, what is the Life is Strange 2 logo? Sorry, Life is strange to logo because the logo is a pad right? yes yeah. that on yeah so think about it this way uh well, i guess music is kind of a thing because like okay life is strange one uh the butterfly is is oh or not not even butterfly but the uh polaroid right uh polaroid is like a huge part of the story like, story right like she looks at the picture she goes back in time right um, with Life is Strange um, Before the Storm. It was the graffiti, right? The graffiti was, like, the big thing. And it, it do does play a huge role in the story, right? Uh, where she's, like, leaving her mark. Life is Strange 2, of course, with the backpack patch because they're on a journey. They're collecting patches. It's on the backpack. But, like, the record in 3, does music really play that huge of a role into that? Um, whereas... I'd say so. I, it's it's kind of I guess so it is a theme into it but I guess it's like her neurodivergency that's more of the um more of the big pickup in that um well it depends again on how much has changed in development since then because I've always said it's a bit like I guess so yeah I, I seem to learn so much about how much has changed in development this the record store seems to have more of an emphasis like I I think they're letting on I think they had like a really big place for that. And it is as well, like, there's an entire DLC built around it where you're in the record store. It's true, and yeah. Steph is, so... And Steph, Steph, Steph's entire, like, reputation in Haven Springs is built around being in, um, you know, a record shop owner, like, you know, working in the record shop. And they have the entire, like, um, the festival mm -hmm. as well where they're playing music. I, I think music was meant to be a big part. I think something's obviously changed here. Uh, that 
they've dropped the music kind of identity out of it. Because as you said, Life is Strange 1 has the emphasis on this. Life is Strange 2 has that one and this one. Uh, Captain Sp- um, Captain Spirit. Um, Before Storm has one and this. You know, for each of the logo iterations, there's always something that focuses on it. And I think music was meant to be on this one. But this seems yeah. to have kind of been like, hmm. Yeah, like, I, I guess it had to do with, I don't know, board meetings again. But like, yeah, I, I guess it would have been, you know, one, it would have been a more emphasis on the albums and then maybe like it would have like taken her back because she did mention alex did mention in uh one of her storylines where uh buying albums with her brother meant a lot to her like they just saved up money like any kind of money just to buy any album to listen to and even in the childhood memory she's listening to an album to escape from uh some household abuse so it's kind of yeah i guess it would have been more of an emphasis in the original development especially on when we're going into that number that's onto it so i'll let you go to that but yeah i I guess it's like a huge development yeah so the number is very divisive i personally think they should have kept the number in the entry yeah i think this should have been called life is strange free colon true colors because i right i'm always torn about the number debate with people yeah. people always say like they they do it with like final fantasy is a bit more of a rare case where it's like you can do an anthology and it's like people always say like oh you know do i have to play the first 15 before playing it it's like no not necessarily and right. i don't understand whether this whether there's like a market study or something that's proven this where it's like numbers kind of like change people's perceptions but i think it causes more confusion in the timeline if you give people like the option to play all these games in order without knowing them like life is strange true colors before the storm uh captain spirit Life is Strange 1 and 2, you probably look at someone and someone would be like, where do I start from this? And to kind of give you an example of this, like, here's here's one. This is the Rambo franchise in order. Yeah. So this is the Rambo it. franchise in order from film television. Good God. First Blood is 1982. Then it's 1985's Rambo First Blood Part 2. Yes. Then 1988, Rambo 3. Yes. Then 2008, Rambo. Yep. And 2019, Rambo Last Blood. Which and is a similar way. Don't oh, like, yeah, well, never watch that last blood. No. <laughs> yeah. So like that's in itself, like one of those. And again, I could do the Friday the 13 franchise, you know, I think like Jason dies, like in one of them, it's like, you, you, you look at the numbers, it makes no sense. Kingdom hearts. Kingdom hearts. Yes. There is a, <laughs> I personally, I, I'm I, more... putting that in order. Kingdom hearts. <laughs> you yeah, you, you'd be surprised how many people wouldn't get together. Like it's just, it's, I just prefer that. And I, maybe I'm going to bring my, my plug in here. Metal Gear Solid 1, Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, Metal Gear Solid 4, Metal Gear Solid 5. Mm-hmm. How is that hard? They all have, and they all have, um, you know, except for one, they have all have like a subtitle to put yeah. into them. And it's like, why can't you just do that? I would have just preferred Life is Strange yeah. 3, colon, true, And I, and and I understand like, right, why they did um, Life is Strange Before the Storm without a number because it is prequel and it was, yeah. it was a spinoff. Like that, that's of course a spinoff. Whereas Life is Strange 3... I'm trying to remember back in True Colors. Did they ever reference Seattle? I mean, besides Katie, you know, did they ever uh, Arcadia Bay? I mean, did they ever mention? I guess they did. They, yeah, did they, they? They, they they mentioned it through um, Steph. They don't like yeah. other people don't mention it, but it's, it's central to Steph's story where they mention Arcadia Bay. The entire Wavelengths DLC has characters from Arcadia Bay. <laughs> And again, um, we're we're going back to that. Like with the DLC, it was a whole emphasis on that record store, right? And that record store had connections through Arcadia Bay. So once again, it's kind of like 
how much changed in development that it's no longer a third entry into the Life is Strange game? It's now a spinoff, essentially, you know? Like, that that's a weird thing to think about, yeah. Yeah, the develop. I, I kind of get as well why maybe they didn't want to do it canon in like, terms of Life is Strange 3 tree colors. Because like, if they do a certain ending from Life is Strange um, 1, they don't want to make it canon, per se. But I think, I... like... For me, I would have preferred them just calling it Life is Strange 3 True Colors. I know people who just call it, I've completed Life is Strange 3. They just call it Life is yeah. Strange 3 because that's what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a mainline entry at this point. It's not Captain Spirit. It's not Before the Storm. It's not a spin-off. It's not a prequel. It's not anything like that. So it's like, I, I would have preferred the universe. Just, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I prefer they would have kept it a number. And again, I don't know where this kind of like, I, I always had like this kind of like difference with people like marking. It's like, if it's a number entry, it doesn't really matter for me. If you want to watch Star, Star Wars New Hope is the start of the franchise, essentially, like, yeah. you know. In that, in that episode four slot where it actually originally originated from not the prequel side. But I don't know. I, I kind of wish they would have kept Life is Strange pretty true. It's not the end of the world, but I was more disappointed when I saw the actual um, right. logo design. More, I was kind of like... Yeah, it's more interesting than anything else. It's more of just like, this, this is what development is. It's like a lot of changes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of changes. A lot of um, big wigs coming in and throwing their kind of like authority around lot of other things that happen in department but yeah um i thought i'd just bring that up um do you have anything else to add um gotta love when corporate comes in and changes out all of your plans so <laughs> indeed indeed and yeah do check out katie's vlogs there on her youtube channel they are definitely a nice uh, behind the scenes look if you are interested in true colors we will move on to our next topic and here we go again here we go again so life is strange twitter account 30th of June tweeted out that Life is Strange Remaster Collection, a patch released fixing issues regarding solar flare corruption for PlayStation, graphical screen tearing at the edge of screen for PS4, PS5, Xbox, localization issues for PS5 and Lighthouse Select issues on Episode 5 and Xbox collectible mode. Um, point of a tweet, the teams are still working hard on fixes for Life is Strange before Storm Remastered. We'll have updates soon. And also a link to report any issues that are there. Um, Adam, it is currently July now that we are recording this episode. And we are still talking about the remastered collection. This game was delayed. And we're still talking about, like, inherent broken systems. Yeah, it's it's insane. This This is a wild thing to talk about, where this should have been... A separate release, but instead was a an afterthought and an attachment to an Ultimate Edition, but then was sold later, but then delayed. And now when it was delayed, it was completely broken, and now we're in July, and it's still, like, we're talking about screen tearing on this. It's and a mess. It's a, it's a mess, man. Go back and watch some of the clips on YouTube. They have those moments that we were talking about. People have already, yeah. like, doing the 4K full movie screens. I clicked on one of them when I was trying to find the thumbnail for Kylie's episode. And I was like, saw the Dana Ward's like rings flashing to where she's in the room with Michael, um, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Mr. Keaton, not Michael Keaton. Mr. Keaton. <laughs> Michael um, Keaton. Michael Keaton. <laughs> uh, Mr. Keaton, where she's in the thing and her like rings are, fl- uh, her diamonds are whatever, her earrings are flashing and you can't see the static yeah. from it. I was like, oh my God. I was like, how is this? How was this game released? It's like, it's not even on like- Switch yet. You you said you said yeah. it yourself in a strange cast episode. He's like, if this is what we got on Xbox and PlayStation, what is the Switch version like? And the fact that we have not seen a Switch version on it's very quiet. We yeah. we have no release date. We have no information. It's just 
we'll release it sometime this year. Who knows? Oh, boy. And just like, oh, my God, dude. Um, it's wild because, like, usually at this point in development, um, there's going to be issues. All releases are going to have issues. And, that, and that's a fact. But, like, usually at this stage, like, on a game like this where it's a remaster, not just a remaster, but kind of like... Like, oh, here's a collection that you can have, like, it kind of like an afterthought. Usually at this stage, you're looking at, like, um, patches in terms of just, like, oh, we fixed, like, like quality of, of life, you know, performance issues and all that. Um, very minor things, right? Like, all games get updates. But this is just kind of, like, like QA testing. It's yeah. wild, man. Um I don't know what to think. Like, still don't buy this game just yet. Holy crap. I have no issue with developers fixing any issues in the game. Sure. But this is an example, again, where the industry is heading to that trend where it's like, we'll put something out and then we'll mm -hmm. put, like, loads of, like, you know, it's almost like getting a new build house, buying it, and there's, like, so many issues with it. And then you're finding it when you've discovered it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just try and put a bit of cement to kind of, like, protect this kind of layer of it. It's all, The damage has been done. And it's yeah. the, as, as I said, this, this could have been... I, this could, could have been, been a marketing. Release. You you could have like packaged the, the, Max and Chloe are like the the staple figures of this franchise. They are the ones. If you go on Reddit, every single post is about Max and Chloe, pretty much. Like they are the main the main bulk for people. And what what I don't get is like they could have done a special edition with it. They could have done physical releases. It would have sold loads. You could have had like loads of time just doing the tenth anniversary. Like why are you doing yeah. it like randomly and that and pointing is that afterthought with the life of strange true colors like kind of sell it that was what it was it feels like that now more thinking about it now but it's like solar flare corruption like screen tear it's like how is this not being dealt with the game came out in february january like you know early this year as after delays yeah i think february, we, it was february. Keep... yeah it was supposed to release on like september or october september it then... might have come out with the true colors i think then it got pushed back to february or january this year i think it's february yeah, and, I think it was. And, and, and as like, I said, we've had we've had no mention of the Switch version either. So um, take that as you will. But I, I'm just kind of like shocked that we're, we're bringing this up, and it always feels like we're bringing this up to kind of like be like, oh my god, how is this kind of issue? Is well, it is a big issue because like they've they really botched this, and they botched it big time because like when people were watching things, and then like we had that massive review episode about Life is Strange remastered, and we talked about um, much of it was built around Michelle's tweets in terms of like what he was kind of giving input. It was like. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just ask him to be a consultant on the game? Just like put, you could have put his name in the credits, be like consultant Michelle or or Raul, and or put their names on it. You know how much credibility that adds to something. Like, oh my god, like yeah. it's just you put so much you credibility get towards credits it. Credits in the first game, like we didn't even yeah. get roll credits. That that's the wild part, dude. Holy crap! Um, and it was weird because so like that that I didn't have an issue with them removing it and putting it into the main menu screen. But what I had an issue with was when they when I played before Storm Remastered and all the credits were at the end of each episode. So it's like, hang on a minute. It's like, why have you taken them all off of one game and then put them in the other game? And then on top of that, they had Ashley Birch spot wrong in before the Storms. Credits. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so um, bad, dude. How do you do I'm that? It's like, what is going on here? It's like, what is going Like big GTA uh, definitive edition vibes of like, like little <laughs> bugs and messes and everything else happening. So, yeah, it came out February 1st, so we are now, I was just counting the, the months, and we're now officially half a year after it released. Half a year, six months. Because uh, I was like thinking, like, oh, I'll play it, like, six months after release, see how it is. I'm like, that's now. <laughs> it's now. 
Yeah. Oh my I, God. I, I wouldn't even recommend it in this state to people. I just wouldn't no. recommend it to anyone. If in, in this current iteration of state, um, I would I would not recommend it to anyone. I would say to wait until they've as patched yeah. it as humanly possible at this point. Because I would say I would like I'm going to play it again. But then again, like we talked about on our um, on our show that I didn't really face a lot of bugs. Not like PlayStation and PC did. Um, so I would wait until Adnan plays it again and then say that, like <laughs> when it is because like I, I didn't really get a lot. On the Xbox. It really didn't get a lot. But, like, I did get... Uh, the last episode was just horrendous. Oh, my God. And then there were some times where, like, the entire audio cut out. And I'm like, what? what is oh, going was on it, here? Was it the staff scene that you had that? There was a lot. There was at least, like... The, at least, as far as I can remember, at least five important scenes where the audio completely cut out. Including where they're on the beach and, like, the storm is coming. And the audio just completely cuts off, and I'm like, "Is it my TV?" It's like, oh, "No, it's the game." Yeah, you, you had the you had the audio cut on um, Dave Madsen and Joyce dancing downstairs. Yes, I got that cut out. I remember that. It's, I remember just, that. Like, it's, just like, it's just like they're they're the music's cut off, and like, oh, let's dance, and it's, you just hear their footsteps. I'm like, oh my god, what is going on right now, dude? Oh my god, but. I don't know. And I, and I get it. It is hard to put out a game. It is very difficult. Um, if I can give myself a self-plug again. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, even just writing a simple six-track EP right now. Like, the difficulty of it, uh, making sure everything's lined up and the production is right. And now I'm putting in voice actors into it. Um, like, I am just, like, <laughs> I, I am on a limb. I'm like, I just want to release it. Just screw it all but like that is just a very minor scale so i understand that game development is very 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 difficult i understand that but at the same time going back to my example i'm not putting out a really crappy ep with just like a lot of mess ups and uh not something i'm happy with but which is why delays happen i don't know it's kind of like i get that it's hard i understand that i'm, I'm not trying to say your job is easy but <laughs> this is just but, ridiculous, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I don't have any issues with delves or anything like that. It's just, it's just like, why put it out in the state that it's like? Why is it even out? Like, as I said, you could have sold this even more money, like later down the line, and got people vested in it. They would have picked it up. They would have like all kinds of stuff. It's just, it's just, oh, it's frustrating. It's, it's just frustrating, and it's just like because you pay full price for these. I pay full price for these, and I'm like sitting at the end of it. I was like, these are just horrific in, in every way shape or form and like i had good things from them but then there's just like so many other playing issues that if i can't sit there for like eight hours and enjoy the game that i really really enjoyed and it's just mm -hmm. got littered with bugs like what am i supposed to do what can i say to you should i say if you buy it obviously the answer is going to be no no yeah no it's it's a it's a little ridiculous um it's just ridiculous it's just it's just absolutely bollocks i guess you would say bollocks. <laughs> yeah <laughs> But oh, that's all I have to say about it. I will I am gonna replay it um when I get the time just just out of like curiosity's sake, like how is it now? Because I haven't really played it since we last played it. Like I, I've mm -hmm. jumped into like a collector's like a collectible mode just to like see how the four K sixty FPS looked. Um yeah. that's pretty much all I've done. But like, you know, I've been so busy that I haven't really touched it. 
But I, I am planning on like replaying at least one episode sometime soon just to see how things are, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm not gonna touch it until they fix it all. I have no and I no interest in doing that. I've got the PS4 version of Life is Strange One. I've got big BTS on Life is Strange. Um, That's on the thing. PS4. It's not even a next gen version. It is last this is my argument from the beginning. It was like it's the same it's on the same platform that it was released. How like, you know, yeah. at least at least if they were going to do, like, The Last of Us 1, where it got remastered, they moved it onto a different console. Like, this is the exact so same console. Say, at least on. Last of Us, like, is getting a PS5 release. Like, at least yeah. they're doing that, you know? And then, on top of that, they made a mess up, like, when they put that loading screen in between Life of a Strange 1 at the beginning, which the Don't Know team did so much effort to take it out of the PS3 version. It's like, why yeah. is this being added into the PS4 version when you're on the same software? Yeah. Like, it's... Oh, oh. It's bullocks. That's all we have to say about it. Just absolute bullocks. Yeah, it's absolutely that. Should we move on to our last news topic? I think so. Okay, so a nice little bit of news as well. This comes from OG Chloe herself, Ashley Birch, 1st of July. She went on Twitter, wrote a nice little thread, which starts with, Hi, so I'm queer. One of those old-fashioned pansexuals you may have heard of. Probably not a shocker, like half the characters I play are members of the Rainbow Fam. And a tweet thread that goes on nevertheless i hemmed and hawed about whether or not an official coming out was something i needed needed or wanted to do particularly because i feel like a poser i've been dating a man for five years pretty young gay of me i also have always liked the idea of that coming out isn't something i should feel obligated to do straight people don't have to announce their heteroness it take um, it's taken as default in my ideal world everyone should have to wonder Everyone should have to wonder if everyone is hitting on them, regardless of gender. Uh, would it make date? Would it make more dating? Sorry, confuse that. Would it make dating more confusing? Probably, but like in a cute, cure, uh, in a cute queer way. Sorry. Anyway, given the state of everything, my attitude co- towards coming out has changed. It feels important to me to do it for reasons I can't really explain. Just feels like time. So there you go. I'm queer. One day late for Pride Month. Uh, I catch you. <laughs> I catch y'all on the next one. Um, y'all freaking sweet and pies. Give yourself a treat, you sweeties. So that was a long, extensive thread from Ashley Birch announcing that she's queer a day yeah. after Pride Month as well. It came out of nowhere. Um yeah. and was was expected in terms of like as she said, like the characters that she's played. I think like majority of them have been um like that. Um obviously Chloe Price being a, a prevalent one of that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy for Clash of Birch. I remember reading her essay about her. Um, was, it, was it her husband or her boyfriend at the time who died? Oh, jeez. Yeah, no, I didn't read when she that. Was, when she was when she was making, yeah, she talked about it for Life is Strange one. Um, wow. You take over. I'll tell you now. Let me just quickly. I want to. I mean, yeah. Watch I, this. Like I, I I love what she said about that. Where just like it's kind of a struggle for her. Whether it's like, do you really have to come out? Because I I like the one point she made. Straight people don't have to announce their heteroness. Like, I never had to come out as straight, you know, because it's kind of like, like, it's, like she said, it's taken as default. Like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm straight. So it's kind of like, why should why should people who are queer, right, like have to announce it? Like, is, is it really an obligation? Like, should everybody just, you know, just accept everybody for whoever they are? Uh so I like what she said also, like, in an ideal world, everybody should wonder if everybody's hitting on them. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of like, 
I, I get it. That's why she made a threat. It's kind of like a struggle where it's just kind of like, do, do I have to come out? Or should people just, you know, have a default of like, hey, you are what you are. It doesn't really matter. And, and, and I can and I can understand like the kind of uh, struggle. Like, why why does she have to go on Twitter to announce it? Can she just be Ashley Birch? But like, you know, she made it known and she'll catch it in next Pride Month. But I can get why that's like a huge mental struggle uh, going yeah. on right now. So, so I found that essay. It's on her website, mm. which is it's called "The Boy in the Well." It was originally commissioned by a profound waste of time. So it talks about it talks about her boyfriend, um, how she found out her boyfriend died, and then connecting to life is strange and the experience from that. So I just read the first expert from the beginning part, which was it was around eight a.m. when I got the call that David died. I remember because a.m. used to be early for me. I don't know why his mother would call so early. It's funny to remember that the time. But not what she said. Was it David died? David is dead. I don't remember. I don't remember what I said to her either. I remember screaming. I remember falling to my knees. I remember the way the air felt. That the light was so bright, too bright. I couldn't see. I remember not being able to see. Um, it was December twelve, December twentieth, twenty twelve. Three days before David had turned thirty years old. Mm. Um, and then she talked about life is strange. Life is strange isn't the, life is strange isn't like most games. Its protagonist Max is a thoughtful empathetic teenage girl with aspirations of becoming a photographer. Its narrative centers on her relationship with her best friend, Chloe, a defiant cocksure girl, quietly nursing deep emotional trauma. It addresses issues of consent, drug, drug use, suicide, bullying, peer pressure, sexuality, grief. <coughs> I didn't know any of these when I auditioned for it, of course. And then she breaks down into a really, really interesting essay. Like I said, I've read it a long time ago. It really, yeah. it really makes you feel for it as well. Cause like, as I said, it was really, really hard for her. I imagine like unbelievable kind of way, which we'll never really feel for, thing if so like for her to come out she, she can say what she wants and like what you were saying about yeah i, I get i get the thing with coming out because i've always been like why does someone need to come out and say something but because of the platform she has i mm -hmm. think it's more helpful the people around her to see it as well because i think like you sometimes feel like that. If, if someone who's a really big person who's doing it whether it's elliot page ashley birch any person announcing something it's not necessarily a you know, and I, again, she kind of sure. addresses this in her thread where it's like, I don't want to be a poser, but I think because of the platform you have and the message you can send to a generation of people, I think that's why you, you kind of have to, you feel maybe morally ob obligated to do it because I think like because of that responsibility, you can, you can essentially change someone else's life, can't you? Because if they don't see it, they'll maybe they'll never say something about it. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Like if you feel like you need to come out you know, like, and Ashley Birch is encouraging that. Like, if you feel that the need to come out publicly, if that will help you, then you need to do it. Uh, if it, if you don't feel the need to come out, nobody should force you. Like what Ashley Birch also said in the thread, like, is it obligatory or is it just something for me? Do I have to come out in June or can I come out in July? Uh, it's one of those things. It's just like, do whatever will help you the most. You know, it's yeah. like if you don't want to come out, it doesn't mean you're hiding. It just means like why it's not obligatory. Like I don't have to like in an ideal world, everybody should just be like, like, oh, you're hitting on me. Now, this is the life of every white male in America is like, are you hitting me right now? It's just like <laughs> it's just like literally anybody It's like you talking to me, you hitting on me. <laughs> but um but yeah, no, like I, I get what she's saying. Just like if you want to come out, awesome. If you don't, it's not your obligatory duty to come out to people. So good on Ashley, always being a hero on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, as I said, like it's it, it will have 
a big shockwave for a lot of people in terms of, and I mean shockwave in terms of positivity, like sending that kind of message. I don't, I don't think like if you think like you'd already mm-hmm. assume that like, Ashley Birch was queer or gay or whatever, that's not really the important point from it. I think you just kind of pass by, but you let other people see it because it, it will, it'll be more resonant for them. And it's good for them yeah. to kind of like see someone who, who has now established herself very much as a role model for a lot of people having played very, very prolific characters in the industry. It's kind of just like, it's such a big message for her to send to a lot of people. And it will just, I, as I said, like when you see something and you experience it, then you're like, oh, you know, it'll change your life. You know, if you see a black character True. in a TV show where 20 years ago on Friends, you never would have seen a black main character in there, then, you know, it'll change your life. You know, you grow up being thinking, oh yeah, there actually are black people who hang out with white people. You know, And, and you might think, oh, you might laugh at me, but like, oh, you know, people do mix. It, it, it isn't always prolific like that. Some people just stay in their community groups and right. like, mix with them. But if you see like six high school friends or like six people, one of them black mixing with other people who are white, you're like, oh, there is, you know, yeah. you, you do take a lot of things from, a lot of things from TV and other mediums and stuff. So I think it's always helpful for, I think it's, I think this is good. And I'm glad for her as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Okay. Yeah. As I said, it's not a huge topic, but kudos to Ashley. We'll move away from that. So we'll move into our main topic, which is going to be that in June, and I completely forgot about this until I saw it recently, which was that the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit turned four years old. Um, so our topic is going to focus on more like, you know, remembering Captain Spirit and think about if Square Enix missed the opportunity to do more spin-off kind of games like Captain Spirit and even like having one in the lead up to True Colors, which I think it should have done, but we'll come on to that a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Captain Spirit. This is wild. I remember this because that was, this was when, did I get, had I come back into the industry? I'd come back into the industry at this point. I'd left it, did my MA, came we back into no it. had no idea of any, like each other's existence at all. Exactly. That's wild. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. Man. Um <laughs> Yeah, I had come back into the industry at this point. So I'd come back after my MA and I was doing it freelancing. And I remember like we were covering E3 Live and it was like, that music hits like, you know, Spirit of My Soul. You know, it's it playing. And I was like, the minute they showed the artwork, I was like, that is Life is Strange. I was like, yeah. that is like, no, like, how do you know? I was like, that is Life is Strange. I know it's going to be. And then obviously <laughs> quickly cuts into that trailer where it shows like, you know, um, a spin off story in the Life is Strange universe. And then obviously it was released as well very soon after. It was just cool, like how it was packaged and obviously Don't Nod being there for it as well. Like it was their game. And mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot for like, Captain Spirit. I thought it was, a, I think it's underrated. I think it's not even talked about as much as it should be. It's kind of like oh, almost yeah. this forgotten kind of thing. It's great. It's such a, it's such a little nice little chunk of a game to come out that supplements Life of Strangers 2's um, release in 2018. And you kind of get this kind of like a vibe. Because I remember playing it, I was like, you know, it shows a trailer with um, Chris and he's like trying to do like his powers. It's like, oh, this is his powers and you know, he can blow up stuff. You can do this and this and that. And then obviously we get a nice twist at the end where it's like, hang on a minute. It's like, does he have powers? It's like, hmm? Yeah. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember when I finished it the first time, I remember finishing it and he's like floating, teleconnect floating. And I was like, hang on a minute. I was like, hang right. on a minute. And then it obviously cuts that thing where it's like, you know, Daniel and um, Sean on the driveway, like looking at it and it's like, Hmm. I was like, something not yeah, right here. so many questions. That was a great ending for it. Just yeah. Like, kind of, it, it left so much. Like, you didn't know if it was um, Chris. You didn't know if it was uh, the two boys that were unnamed, you know, at, at the backyard. Who are they? What's going on? So, um, yeah, no, I, I absolutely. And, again, like I said this before in the show, uh, I loved Captain Spirit because I related to Chris's character a lot. I related to... Uh, me growing up with a dad like that and you know it just really hit me and i was hoping 
that Chris was this the really main upset character. you didn't. Uh, this was really, this is one that really hit you didn't. Uh, where it's like you wanted Chris to be the main character of the game. Because again, like I related to him, you know, just like little blonde boy walking around playing pretend with an abusive father. But you know, it was great. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I don't like that's the thing. Like I rip on Life is Strange two a lot, and now that I know that Luke is watching, <laughs> I'm not gonna be like I put on a character. You know, it's like I'm not trying to say that like Life is Strange two is the worst game I've ever played. Great um, game. Yeah, we'll see. But it's all the best. <laughs> But no, like I enjoyed Life is Strange too. I'm put it this way. I'm okay. As much crap I put on Life is Strange too in my character of just like, oh, Life is Strange 2 is bad. I'm glad that they went with the decision of Sean and Daniel versus Chris. And I and I think Chris's story is very well summed up in Captain Spirit. It's it's very well summed up where he has a father and like we got all the questions answered about his dad, where his mom is, what like how it related to Life Strange One. It kind of wrapped itself pretty nicely. So I'm not like upset we didn't get more out of Chris. Uh and I'm glad we got the perspective of Mexican Americans in like America, like the racism that's involved. So I'm glad we took that route instead of Chris. I want to put that out there. I'm glad. But, you know, I related a lot to Chris, so I was like, damn. It, it was, it, it was like, because obviously where it's at, I think like, it's like, you know, the trailer's built on like, you know, we've all been kids, we all feel like kids. And I think there's this really, really heartfelt story in between where it's like, you, you, Chris is like the most innocent child ever. You can see it, the way mm-hmm. he acts. And then you have an unbelievably great performance for me from Nick Apostolidis as um, Chris, um, Chris's dad. Um, yeah. Is he called Charles? Charles Erickson? Charles. He's called Charles mm-hmm. Erickson. Yeah, Charles. Um, and, you know, where he's, like, drinking, and then she's, like, he's, like, questioning as a kid, and then he, like, you know, he has that, like, kind of backlip about him, like, like, oh, you know, I, I want to drink, you know, my wife's died. And it's, like, that that kind of, like, grief about um, about the fatherly kind of relationship with a child, like, that loss of someone. It, and in itself as well, just that concentrated part. Life is Strange's theme is with, um, with our mothers, mainly, at this point, with, like, in terms of the main characters, like, the... The father is always the kind of like character that's there. The mother's always usually sometimes more or less missing. Obviously, Trucal is a bit different, but uh, the emphasis is always like, you know, the father figure. It's like with um, you know, Spielberg films, all of them focus on the mothers. The fathers are always missing from all his films for a reason. Oh, geez. Think about E.T. Think about Jurassic oh. Park. Think oh, about, yeah. Yeah. So huh. it's, a, it's a big part of Spielberg's childhood growing up. He was like raised by his mom dad relationship was very different so yeah he cuts them mm. out like it the, the, there's intentionally a father figures that are missing from uh key films mm. um of spielberg's catalog and it's like with life is strange one and two as well especially like you know there's that kind of missing figures of like big adult figures in your life like you know you lose william price max's parents are never shown it's like you know there's a kind of emphasis on that so it always like playing captain spirit always felt like it felt so concentrated it brought everything like a, almost a full yeah. mainline life is strange narrative game into like a streamlined 20 30 minute experience and kind of just like going around there playing as like this kid who's like got all these great figures as well obviously a shout out to my boy mantroid as well you know yeah, man big oh, love like God, that that killed me dude when we got the um when we got the reveal of like man is it mantroid or man it's is it troid I couldn't Mantroid. remember the other street name. Yeah. Arch yeah, one and a half hours. Mantroid. Mantroid. So it's a two-hour game. I, I just I just thought I googled uh, HLTB. By the way, uh, big shout-out to howlongtobeat.com. Uh, oh, you're a lifesaver. <laughs> Love you, <laughs> whoever's watching it. But 
Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like that was a huge enchantment physics because like he made a character that was directly correlated to his childhood drama, uh, trauma. I didn't mean to say drama, but his childhood trauma. So that, that was a beautiful story. Yeah. No, like it, it's just a one and a half to two hour story. Um, that wrapped itself pretty nicely. Yeah. No, I loved it. I absolutely loved uh, Captain Spirit, of course. Yeah, it, it was just because it was like the way it was set up and it kind of like came out the spin off. It was like available for free for download. You just play it. It has implications on Life is Strange 2. I remember just playing like all those kind of scenes like when you fight against Mantra, like the manifestation of what those characters are representing. And then kind of like that kind of to that really dramatic scene towards the end of it when um, he, he confronts Charles and Charles is just an absolute nasty piece of shit to Chris. And yeah. you see him like run out and he runs up to the treehouse and he's like, oh, you got fought. And then he gets caught by it. And it's like, that was the twist. Where I was like, hang on a minute. Because I was like pretty convinced at this point. I was like, it's, it's going to be, Chris is going to be the, the main character in some kind of way. And like that we're seeing the early indication of his powers of like, this is what it's going to be. But it's not that. And I was yeah. like, hmm. Because I felt like those were kind of building up to it like, during the entire like episode. It was like, you see him try to pretend that he has superpowers. I was like, then he eventually unlocks the superpower with like an awakening of like this has happened right. but it actually wasn't and i was like ah you see sean and daniels are like right um mm -hmm. but i just think it was it was it was probably one of the more interesting turning points in life of strange series and i think it was just so well done to kind of drop this kind of like teaser out there it gave fans so much out of it you know you had theories you had like all these kind of like things that people were looking at the scenes were trying to dissect any easter eggs in there and just like pure entertainment leading up to life of strange ones um Life Strange what? Life Strange Two's released in September, I believe it was. Um, so I was, I was, I was really hugely sold on um, Captain Spirit. And when it turned four years old, it feels it was like wild. I was like, oh wow, I was like this is crazy that it's been four year, four years for that. Um, yeah, feels weird that I've spoken to both of them as well, as well, like both Nick and Chandler. That feels very strange now. I think about it. I oh, always have yeah. that when I play Life is Strange games. Now I go back to them and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, when I'm playing, I was like, there's Hannah. It's like I've spoken to her. I've spoken to yeah, right. Button. I've spoken to Nick Schreiner. I've spoken to this person. I've spoken to uh, Joe Ackman. It's like Joe feels sometimes like I'm like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. By the way, here's one. Do you know Joe Ackman who played William Price? Yeah. Well, I don't a know him, but like... No, you know, but you've seen I, him, I yeah. Because like, yeah. like, I was watching it a year ago and um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was on there on Amazon, the old one, Melissa Joan Hart, classic right. series, absolute banger of series. The only one that matters, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. The, the Netflix one's completely trash compared to it. Um, but I was watching it and there's that episode, do you remember when... Um, Sabrina's aunt Hilda buys a clock shop. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait. And the guy who, holy the crap, guy, the guy, the guy who she buys a clock shop off of is Joe Ackman. I was watching it. I was, really? like, I was like, yeah, genuinely sitting there. I was watching the scene like, and as I was like, watching it, and I was like, this guy's bald, like white hair, like a cap on. I was like yeah. watching it. I was like, do I know you? And I was like, and I was like that, and I literally got up, and I was like, no, and like because Amazon has its um, live X-ray player thing with it as well. It tells you who's in it. I clicked yeah. on it. It said Melissa Joan Hart and Joe Ackman. I was like, I was like, wow. you're my childhood. Like Joe has like a bit. He has God. He has so many credits. He has unbelievable amount of credits, and his career speaks volumes for itself. But so I was like, I was like, oh my god. So it's like, Damn. I always have this thing with when I play Life of Strange Games. Like I can't like unhear the voices now. Like we've, we're, I'm going to play True Colors soon again. It's like, I can't unhear Erica Mori. I can't unhear Katie Benz. I know it's just like, <laughs> it's just, it's one of those where you feel those kind of things. But on, on Captain Spirit though, you know, props to Chandler for his performance. I thought it was a really lovely performance from him as a, yeah. as a young kid. Same with Nick as well. Great performance. Great, great performance. Like it was, it was like Frank, but less Frank. <laughs> yeah. Well, and less. then... 
Yeah, and I, I liked when you play Charles, and like in itself, it was just a that that little concentration gap of like that kind of game. Because what I like about it as well that they had that kind of thing was like these things carry over to the main game as well. So it kind of like gave you that little like, ooh, you know, we can, you know, if I complete Captain Spirit and I go into the mainline game, then we can get there. Because obviously, like I was thinking, like, where does this integrate? We get to episode two, and it's like, ah, here we go. Here comes Chris in. Here comes Sean. In, here comes Daniel in. And there's, I think that was quite interestingly woven in that part of the game where we put into mm-hmm. with those characters as well, like Sean, Daniel, the kind of, it helped with the immersion of it personally. It gave me um, Walking Dead 400 Day Vibes during season two. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I can see that. Not, not, yeah. not as good because season two was okay and they didn't really do much with the 400 Day characters, but I yeah, had that I mean, kind of vibe where I, I like that they, they released some kind of like separate <coughs> spin-off right. expansion, whatever it was. And then you have this kind of like, it can integrate into the main game. And it's like, then we, I was like, when I saw Chris again, I was like, oh, I was like, there he is. That's Captain Spirit. It's like, yeah, love it. No, yeah. Um, wait, so are we jumping into like the main topic question? Like, shall we? <laughs> um, oh. Unless you got anything else to add? No, I just love Captain Spirit. That's all. Yeah, I was a big <laughs> fan of his toys. I was like, really, I was like, yeah. really invested in those characters. Mm-hmm. No, I and I loved like how the little tease of his powers, right? Like every every time they're like teasing, oh. but like it's like turn on the TV, but he's got the remote behind his back. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was always constantly. Even when they did that, I just did not get it until the end of that moment when he actually starts levitating. It's like, oh, I was like, he hasn't got the power. I was like, he hasn't got the powers. I was like, I've been completely yeah. deep here a little bit. Um, right, but no, like I said, great little expansion. Yeah, so you can go into the other topic if you want part of that. Yeah, like um, should Square Enix do more spinoffs like Captain Spirit? Off to lead up a life specifically lead up to a life exchange game. Should there be a spin-off game for a Final Fantasy game? Um, no, because it's already difficult enough to keep up with everything. So um yeah, no, like and that's the thing. I, I always think of Captain Spirit as like the EP to uh the Life Exchange LP. So again, going into music a little bit. Um <laughs> The reason why a lot of artists generally put out EPs versus LPs, like long plays, an EP is a shorter version of the album, and it, and it gives more of an emphasis, a very sh- uh, structured emphasis. You don't have to do it all the time, but it gives them more of an experimental sound. That It's not as quite of a commitment as putting out a full-length album. So a lot of artists will do this just to experiment with a certain sound, maybe share a story that they have in their mind that's not fitting an entire album. It's just something that's more concentrated, something to put out a little bit easier and to experiment with something. And I think that's what, like, Captain Spirit is to me. It's an EP. They had an, an experiment to, to test, right? Um, more, more not with a story, but with the actual gameplay, of Life is Strange Captain Spirit with um, the timing, right? You have to get to this choice in time or else that choice is no longer there. Or like the episode will end once Charles drinks himself to death, right? Uh, so like you're watching the whiskey bottle go down and down and down. Um, and, that, and that implemented itself to Life is Strange 2, but I think they made this shorter game just to experiment with that sort of gameplay mechanic where it's just like a timed choice. You can only make this choice in a timed setting. So <laughs> I, I I think that's like really the key here is like, should you do more spinoffs? I think, yeah, like obviously I want more spinoffs like this, especially because Captain Spirit was free. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was free. That's, it's so good. Now you wouldn't, you probably get like a, now it'd be like 12, 12.99 with like um, yeah. NFT <laughs> options as well. Like that's what we're getting. 
in nowadays market. It's only been four years, but that's what it'd be worth. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I would love free two hour spinoffs, but yeah, I think it's more of an emphasis on like experiment, I, you know, experiment with something before you put out the full product, you know? And I, and I think that's always a good idea to like, just, just do a little experimentation. You put something out, you enjoyed it. And you're like, Oh, let's have the public have this entirely for free. You know, like, and I think it's a good idea to do something like that. Just put out your EP, put out something that you're experimenting with just for the public to see. Yeah, I think that this kind of goes back to the other conversation where we had about, you know, the future of Life is Strange, where it's like, and people are coming out on that video saying, like, why is there not like an MCU? You know, it's not as big as the MCU, but there's no kind of timeline concentrated for like what kind of game we're getting. And I think, personally speaking, I think Life uh, Captain Spirit did more marketing help for Life is Strange 2 than anything they could have ever imagined because people are like, oh, yeah, you know, we've got to play this free game. It's like, it's available and it ha- like we can carry things over to the main game and I kind of right. get a taste of what's going to happen and this kind of like different aesthetic and vibe and stuff. It was just Life is Strange content for free to play. <laughs> and I think you could have done that with True Colors. You pick up True Colors, for example. Who's to say you could have done like one, again, something similar in that same vein as like Ethan, for example, then you, you integrate it into the LARP segment Mm-hmm. Or you, you know, you do you do your entire like little focus section with Ethan where you play as him, and then you get to um, the point where Alex arrives and he sees Alex for the first time. That's the ending point of that. But then you have this entire pre-build up of him like drawing his comics. You understand him a little bit more. Um, maybe it's a bit more difficult because with True Colors they kind of told us everything straight away. It was like here's the characters, here's what's happening. You're following Alex Chen, etc. Life is Strange Two was very much more mystique vibe. I think it was that kind of like um, the dash cam footage, which I remember that trailer being yeah. very eerie where it shows a police car fly over in the copper. And I was like, ooh, I was like, this is something. It has the, the backpack. And it's like, I was a bit like, this is, they they sold it a bit more quietly that. So I think you kind of got away with what yeah. Captain Spirit did, where it was like, there's this character and it's like, it's not the character you think it's going to be. It's just a character in this story. Um, right. So I think that's where they got away with it. But I think like, they kind of did it again, like with True Colors. Like they had free comic book day, where they had like the comic with Alex in there, with Max and all the other people, like the kind of integration there. But I think just, there was something with Captain Spirit. I think it's, it was a really special thing for them to do. Um, don't know to come back and create this little extension piece and then create more hype behind Life is Strange. People, like I said, people were picking this game apart. They were like, what's yeah. this toy significance? What's this? What's that? They were kind of creating that same, that same kind of free publicity that every developer and publisher dreams of, but then doesn't seem to capitalize on it at some point. Like, it's always yeah. one of those when it happens and they're just kind of like, oh, well, it's like, maybe we should do this again, try again and see if it works for us. But then they go down a completely different route. It's like, why are you doing yeah. that? It's like, just, if, it, if it's, it's almost like long, a, do it. Yeah, it's almost like an interactive trailer because, like, me and you, like, really picked at that, like, little teaser of the of the VHS tape, right? Like, we, <laughs> we rewound and we went back. We were looking at things. But, like, uh, Captain Spirit was like an interactive trailer. It was a trailer for Life is Strange 2 that you could just walk around and explore and play Hot Dog Man on the dad's phone. And I it was so I want I want I want it in real life. I want it on my phone now, Hot Dog Man. But you know that's up for Luke to decide to put out. But speaking you know, um speaking on VHS uh, that VHS trailer, did you see uh, Michelle's notebook? I did. That was that because was very what, nice. I was, oh. like, I, was like, I, was, I was wondering why I remembered those colors that were on the logo. I was like, and then when you posted the tape, I was like, oh, I like, I yeah. almost had a heart attack because I blasted in the past. I was like, oh my god. I was like, there yeah. it is. There's the relic. There it is. Oh man, I can't wait to like, get more details about that game. So, um, yeah, no. For, like, anyone, uh, for anyone wondering, it was a scotch. Yes. 
scotch uh, the uh, scotch VHS. Tape. Not, not the tape. Well, actually, yeah, the tape. But, like, not the scotch tape, the skid, sticky tape, but, like, the scotch tape, like, the VHS tape. Was it, was it in a cardboard? Yeah, no, it was in cardboard. Yeah, that like, ruined. yeah all the time. Yeah. But the cardboard held up over time. I don't know how. I don't know, I know. what it is. It's, the, it it's, card- like the, it's like the poke. It's like the Pokemon games, like in the Game Boy Color games and stuff. They hold up for some reason. It's like they're only just yeah. pieces of paper. Exactly. I don't know. I don't understand. But that that's the way the cookie crumbles. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, actually, they don't hold up because I've got one. I only have one Game Boy Color game on my shelf. And it's starting uh, to fall apart a bit. But I looked up on eBay. It's worth £100 now, which is quite funny. Dang. That's, yeah. that's a lot of weight. Man. Yeah, I, only paid, right. I only paid £10 for it. I was at my sister's graduation. I saw it on the shelf. I was like, I want to buy that. I want to buy that. And I screamed at my mom saying, I want to buy it. And then she yeah. eventually gave into it, and I bought it, and now it's worth hundred pounds and sitting on my shelf. It's been there for maybe like fifteen years, maybe. Oh, it's not longer. Jeez. Yeah, maybe. Dang, but but anyways, yeah, back like, onto the point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I I really do think that like like you said, I I think they should put out games like especially, you know if. If Luke or Michelle is watching or listening, you know, like, uh, you know, pointing out like just a little bit like a Captain Spirit-esque of your new game, right? Because then we can like interact with it. We can interact with the trailer, maybe a demo or something. I don't know. Invite invite me and Adnan out to Montreal just to take a little quick little... I don't think they'll do that. I don't think, I think they'll, they'll do, do that. that. I mean, Luke's a nice guy. You know, I think Luke will like... No, not invite us out. I didn't mean that. I mean, I mean the actual <laughs> demo thing. No, me. Play it for us. I thought you were saying, no, like, no, I don't think they'll look no. at they, they hit our guts. <laughs> Pro- prob- probably not as well, but I, I, um, <laughs> no, I don't, th- I don't think they'll do something. I think this game is completely different from what they're doing. I think, I think the essence of Life is Strange 1 and 2 is in the game, but it's going to be quite yeah. unique, I think, personally. Um, yeah, no. I, 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 I just... I, yeah, so I don't cause think like, it... Cause cause that's the thing, I don't think either. it's smart... I was going to say, I, I joke about it. They should put out a small demo of this game. However, I don't think that's a great idea because it is a new IP. We don't know what we're getting with it. Um, so, so it's kind of like with Captain Spirit, it was, it was completely different because we're familiar with the IP. We're familiar how the mechanics work. We're familiar with the characters, the storytelling, the choices. Like we're, we're familiar with it. This is uh, from what we understand. From what we understand, this is a completely new IP where it is Michelle's style, Michelle, uh, Michelle's style, right? But it's not necessarily Life is Strange, right? Uh, it, it's a completely new IP. Uh, same with any game, right? For great example, Starfield from Bethesda, right? It's going to be Fallout in space, but it's not, right? We can't expect that because then we'll be disappointed, Right. Same thing with this. I think if we play a demo of this game, we're going to expect it to be Life is Strange. And I think there will be like some essence of Life is Strange in it, but it's not going to be Life is Strange. And I think we're going to be disappointed because we're expecting something completely different. And we're going to be. Oh, I won't uh, be disappointed. I won't be disappointed, but like I'm talking about the general populace. Yeah, I'm not going in the expectation it's Life is Strange. I'm hoping it's nothing like Life is Strange. I'm I'm hoping it has well, hope essence either. of Life is Strange. I'm that's what I'm hoping for. I hope yeah. that they what they've taken away from Life is Strange one, two, and Captain Spirit and all the positive they they channel that. But I hope mm-hmm. it's something really left field. I hope it's something weird because in itself, let me kind of give you an inkling of the structure of this show because you couldn't see the original tweet that I, I talked about from Natalie. The entire part of the emphasis of this show is that 
what Michelle said in his first tweet in the news segment that we covered is emphasis on what we're talking about now. If you just yeah. notice where it's like, we're raving about a game that's only like two hours long, if that. Right. And that's why, that's why I picked this as the main topic, because I wanted to link it back to the first one, because I wanted to have a conversation about stupidly long games, where yeah. it's like X, Y, Z, A, B, C, all the kind of like huge amount of content you don't need. And then we're raving about a game four years later, which was a spin-off, a demo, essentially, or whatever yeah, you want to call it. Yeah, it was more of a demo to... than a spin-off, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's kind of me relating to it, because they are the best games I've played in recent years. Gone Home, uh, PT, anything that's like stupidly short, like something PT, which different. was a demo, yeah. Yeah, which like when you play something like that, and it's like it, it it has that kind of like long longevity of like impact on you. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of holds it for me, and that's why I wanted to have this as the main topic and um, juxtapose it to well, uh, sorry, to uh, link it back to the first news yeah. segment because that's what I was saying. Like we, I, I Captain Spirit, I would probably put if I was not even completely including it in the, the main Life is Strange like, games would probably be one of my favorites in the entire series because it's just short, it's concentrated, it. Mm-hmm. For its time when it was coming out, the E3 trailer drops, the game's available, we go and play it. Um, and it's like this like little things that you just didn't expect, like a little twist. It's like this kind of thing of like just almost like living as a child again. But then in between it, like, you know, it's it's doing life strange at its best. Like you can tell that it's a don't nod game. It, visually it's it's done that way, the art direction play. The don't nod is there. But like what I got took away from it, I was thinking like this hyped me more for Life is Strange too. This was like more hype for me. I think in itself it hyped a lot of people. And then when they got to yeah. Life is Strange Two, they were like a bit like, mm. and I was like, I was already hyped at this point. I was already gone. And then played Life is Strange Two, and that's just phenomenal in itself. Um, underrated, underrated, probably one of the most underrated games the last ten years, if not. Yeah. Um, so like that's what I kind of got away from. But I think that the springboard. That's why I was so focused on. It. It's just like. It was just great. It's what Life is Strange should have done with True Colors. They could have just done like some kind of like little prelude where you can play as something in Haven. Like we, I think Haven Springs, Haven Springs is one of the most untapped potentials from a Life is Strange game in like recent memory. We only have a couple, yeah. but like the most untapped one. And it's so, this isn't a dig at Deck Night. I'm just saying like they could have thought about it from a developer and on maybe even publishing background where it's like we have a season pass. Whereas a season pass where we have like eight stories or like six stories, we tell it from the perspective of how did Diane Jacobs get to Haven Springs? Obviously through, you know, the biggest story, but like her arriving in Haven Springs, you play as her for like, you know, like maybe an hour and a half where you basically walk around the town, what she's doing when Alex isn't in the scenes, what is she doing there? You have a story with Riley, you have a story with mm-hmm. um, Gabe Chen, you have a story with this person. You could have done like loads of them because you could have, then, then wavelengths would have been completed. That could have been like a five character kind of thing where you do that. And like, if you just take that, for example, me building out this season pass kind of idea of Haven Springs and just include it into like, almost like a... That's the other thing Square Enix missed out on, a season pass. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they missed out on that. And then instead of just doing that, you could have just done a Captain Spirit-esque game. It doesn't have to be exactly like Captain Spirit, but you take the kind of essence sure. of what Captain Spirit is. You could have done this entire story through Ethan, for example, followed mm-hmm. him for like an hour and a half around Haven, so you see a bit more of his interaction and with Gabe... You see more interaction with um, his mom. Then you see, like, obviously get to the point with, like, him interacting with some of the other characters. Because then you build a connection with these characters. So, like, by the time you've played it, and then you get to, obviously, we, we know why Ethan's upset when Gabe dies in the game. But, like, then you're sure. like, oh, you're a bit like, shit. I understand why this kid is so upset because Gabe is treating him like a son. And you see all those yeah. really more heartfelt segments or something. Then it's like that. That's when you see, I think this is where it adds to it. Because, like, you play through that, um in Captain Spirit, and you kind of get this vibe that Chris, um, Chris's dad is a bit of a piece of shit at some times when he's drinking too much. But then, 
there are moments where he talks to Sean saying like, mm, maybe I shouldn't drink too much. Maybe I can't, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to be the dad that I want to be to Chris, but I'm struggling with this. And it's kind of like, you know, then my argument of being a piece of shit flows out the window because you know, he's not a piece of shit. He's someone who's struggling himself. Like he's not, right. you know, a, a generic alcoholic dad. It's like he's turned to alcohol because of this kind of like problem yeah. that's affected his life. So I mean, like there's an intricacy where you can kind of connect characters. You have more meanings. Like me playing episode two Rhodes. Episode two Rhodes? Episode two is rules. Episode rules, one's rules. Rhodes. Episode mm -hmm. one's road. Episode two is yeah, rules. Let's, yeah, let's talk about who's the real Life of Strange 2 expert out here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I waste wastelands. Wastelands? Wastelands? Uh, oh, wastelands was episode four? No. 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 Episode three. Wastelands was three. Hold yeah, on. You're Hold right. on. I'm, 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 no, you're right. You're right. Wastelands was three. Right. I thought so. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wait, episode yeah. four was wolves. And now I can't remember. I can't remember now. Wait. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, go go right, with what pull, you're pull up the list. Pull the list before if someone calls out. Right, you can read these out. I feel deeply. Why is episode okay? I so life is strange. Episode, episode four. Okay. Oh wait, life is strange. Two chapter names. Okay, before we get uh, in ourselves in some trouble. Okay, episode one was roads. Roads rules. Okay. Oh no, where is it? Oh no. Uh, okay. Uh, what are okay, you doing? It goes roads, rules, rules, wastelands, wastelands, faith, wolves, faith, wolves. Faith. Yeah, that was well, it. I, I, I thought wolves couldn't be number four because wolves, yeah, wolves is five. Um, yeah, but like episode two, that's why, like, for me, it was like a kind of connection. That's probably why I gave it that full score as well. Which you did, mm. yes, <laughs> I'm gonna say that. Um, it was a great episode, yeah, great episode. Um, but like, that's what I mean. Like, there was, there was just there's so much you can build with a spin-off game into like mm -hmm. a mainline game. I, I think like with these kind of games, especially at life is strange, it would give like, imagine if they're like, like the next life is strange is in development, like two years down the line, they do like a PT esque thing where it's like they tease this random game and it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, it's available on the PlayStation store on the Xbox store. And it's like, you can go and download it. And then someone plays through it. And then they figure out it's life is strange at the end of it. You'd be like, Oh shit. And it's like, Oh my yeah. God. Like, that's what happens with those kind of moments. And I want that kind of like vibe where it's like, I, I don't think it's, necessarily hard to do it and you can kind of you can capitalize on what you give to an audience like they they remember all the stuff in life is strange too. i remember getting to life is strange too and then walking chris's house and seeing his toys i was like i remember those toys it's like i remember those toys i'm like looking in the cupboard I'm like where's where the fuck's man tried i'm like look try to <laughs> spot this guy so like, i i just like yeah. the fact that we had already played it and then got this it was such a nice supplement section and i think like obviously this is yeah. why i always had that argument where and then spoil um, the story at all like it, it just no. was a separate take yeah yeah it, it created mystique it created mystique it was a big little twist at the end of it as well to kind of say to you that oh no you're not playing as this guy you're you're he's going to be someone you'll cross paths with in the kind of series or yeah or that kind of game but it's like well for me the argument where it's like if i was saying that life is strange 2 could be better than life is strange 1 is the best game in the series if you combine captain spirit with it which which is what i do when i when i, when I say life is strange 2, i'm always counting captain spirit it's just, it's so much a, such a well packaged game. <laughs> you put it up there. It's like, oh, like, you know, it, it's just, oh. yeah. I feel like I'm losing my yeah. words, but yeah, I think like, I think it's just one of those like really, really unique experiences. And it's like one of those, what really stands out for me. Again, it relates back to that first news section that we talked about, which was like length, quality, kind of quantity of time, like how much time they put towards it, what we got in return from it. 
And like for me mm-hmm. to rave about it four years later, for people to rave about Life is Strange four years later, a big part of that is down to success, uh, down to the success of Captain Spirit. Yeah, totally. Um, no, yeah. If if I'm just answering this question, like I believe they should do more spinoffs, but I understand why they wouldn't because maybe this, it yeah. doesn't fit quite well with the story. Because again, the the beauty behind Captain Spirit was that it was a side character. That we didn't really get a lot of time with in Life is Strange 2, and it kind of led into Life is Strange 2. But if you don't have that sort of character involved, you're going to sometimes end up spoiling the story, right? Uh, like, there's a lot of times where I avoid trailers for movies because I want to go in cold. I want to go in completely cold. But with this one, I, I think it fit where you still could play this and still go into Life is Strange 2 cold. And that's kind of like... it's definitely a weird like kind of phenomenon in your writing that you do have a character to kind of dispose in, in a EP sort of sense without spoiling the story. So I want to say, yes, I think you should, but if you don't have that, you know, sort of character arc that you can dispose to a two hour game, you know, it's best that you leave the audience going into your game cold. So I'm on the fence. I'm in the gray area here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think like, and what you said about trailers is quite an interesting conversation. Cause this is why I don't usually watch trailers. I think like mm-hmm. looking back on that true cool trailer is so cool. The reveal trailer at first, but then they gave everything away. Yeah. And I always said this before, like, like, like strange too. Like immediately after the trailer, they revealed that, you know, Sean's father passes away. Yeah. And it's like, wait now. Oh, dang it. Cause then, when I got to Life is Strange 2, I actually gave my dad a hug. You know, like I actually gave him because I was like, oh, well, you're going to die. So here you go, pop. But if I didn't know that, I probably wouldn't have hugged my dad because, you know, I don't have a dad of my own. So why do I, why do I have to hug your dad? Yeah. It's not my job. See, like, I just wish they keep some, somewhat a little bit of secret. I think maybe Life is Strange you can get away with because it's like central to the story. Um, I feel like Gabe's wasn't that central. Like I was when he got killed. I was like, "Holy shit!" It's like that man just got flown flying off the roof. I was like, "Like wait, I was, I was waiting for it to happen because I knew it was going to happen." I wish they would have yeah. kept create the story of like she's going back to Haven, she's solving this mystery that's just happened. Obviously, you probably assume it's Gabe's death, but you could get away with it just being like hidden. Sure. Um, and same with even like Life is Strange too. The cover just said like Esteban, you know, not Esteban, um, Sean and Daniel on the run for X Y Z A B C reasons. But obviously, we didn't find out that it's Esteban that dies in there. Um, but I think because of like how this sold Captain Spirit as a little brief trailer that was shown at E3, it was like we don't we just don't know much about it. It's like it's just right. you're playing as this little kid, and then when you get into it and you're vested, you kind of you have no expectation of what this can be in terms of it could be anything that's going to happen in the story. Yeah. And that's like my my favorite part about it because I remember playing. I was like, this is this is genuinely so great to play it. And then I don't know if I knew Esteban was going to die in Life of Strange too. No, I knew, I know, I knew, I knew, I knew. I was following yeah. too closely at that point. Um, that's the thing with, with people in our stance where we do follow gaming news, I don't follow gaming news as much as, as when I was doing games and groceries, but like when I was doing games and groceries, um, like nothing, nothing was left cold for me. Like we're, we're following the gaming news. We're very close to it. But now that I'm outside of the gaming news, now that I'm not following so closely, I'll be honest with you. I'm enjoying games a lot more. Oh, so good. It's so yeah. good, isn't it? Because, like, oh. now I'm in bliss. Now I'm like, oh, my God. Like, when people share news to me. Like, for example, I just signed up for uh, Skate 4's 
um closed beta so hopefully yeah. hopefully skate hey ea if you're listening to this i know you're not but like please choose me to play skate 4 because um, please but you know well, like, we don't mention ea in this podcast adam i've that atrocious branding tweet i'm not gonna <laughs> talk about that oh my god don't get me started but you know i'll, I'll take the hit to just play skate please for love of god i love skate 3 anyways um <laughs> but like you know like i didn't know that until my friend like texted me like hey i know you like skate so sign up for this. I was in full bliss. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, going back to the topic, for people like us to, like, be following the gaming news, you know, I think we get hurt with a lot of, like, spoilers, right? Or, like, we're seeing rumors or we're seeing reports or we're looking at Reddit. Uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of this. But I think, you know, we're, we're kind of the anomaly of most gamers because, mm -hmm. like – if, if they put out something like this, even just the trailer, I don't think a lot of people will really read into this like us or down the bomb would. Um, I, I think we're, we're the only ones that kind of like and like put an analysis on things, whereas some people just watch the trailer and they still go into the game cold. You know, nobody's analyzing a trailer, just especially the teaser trailer with the videotape. They're like, oh, videotape. And it'll just move well, on with their life. Those are the days the trailers I like to analyze, though. Like I would, I wouldn't when they announced the game for that take the Montreal game. I wouldn't analyze every scene of it. I don't think I'd focus on like when they do the teaser. That's where I feel like the mystery starts. It's like, yeah. what the hell is this? Well, that's why. It's like, like, that's, that's why me and you are doing a show like this because we we like to analyze things, you know. Like, but I, I think the general populace is just like they're you know uh, what's the word oh, um, normal. I think they're normal <laughs> and they can just Define move on normal. With it. <laughs> yeah exactly um i can't because i don't know the the word but you know like I, I i think that like i think people can watch trailers and not overanalyze and they can still go into the movie cold where i know me i know i'll look at a trailer and i'm gonna spoil absolutely everything like especially top gun maverick didn't watch a single trailer because i love top gun and i'll be like oh this song was in here but i didn't watch a single trailer because i knew what would happen and i hate myself for it but um yeah no that's it but i i i just think that a normal person can just play a game like captain spirit or watch a trailer and still go into a game cold it's just hard though like anything you, can, you can't really go cold into anything like i've spent enough time like looking <clears> at memes on tiktok and then loads of stuff came up from kenobi and i just started the first episode of kenobi i'm not going to spoil it for anyone but i saw some of the memes and stuff referenced in there so it's like i, I kind of like I get what's going on here. Like, you know, I, I kind of like see like where this meme's come from. It's like a bit like, I wish I didn't see this first. I wish I'd seen the film, the TV right. show first, then watch, then seen these memes and stuff pop up and whatever the, whoever the characters that's been popping up in the memes. Um, but you can't do anything like that. It's just, it's just unfortunate. This is the, this is the animal that is social media. Like this is what happens with games. It's like when like something drops and everyone like dog piles on it. And, oh like, my God. Of, like, yeah. Like don't get me started with the stranger things thing. Like I watched like stranger things, right yeah, before the spoilers came out. what's that no spoilers no spoilers oh, no 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 i'm not spoiling it but like i'm racing to because they just released the last two episodes of strange things for uh volume two they just and i was like uh, we we gotta watch this because i know twitter yeah and of course like right before we started the second episode um like i'm just scrolling through twitter just to see what's up just the entire timeline i'm like oh my god um, dude chill yeah. like but you know, and, and it's worse awful. because you're in different time zones. Like when I was watching, I watched Game of Thrones for six seasons nonstop, 
and then yeah. when like when it, when it reached like its, its height of success of like popularity i was like getting spoiled well in advance before i could even watch the episode i was like this is just fucking stupid isn't it it's like if you want to talk about it, go on reddit why you tweet oh, maybe that's a different yeah. debate in itself i feel like you should go on reddit and stuff like that instead of putting it on twitter but in itself mm-hmm. social media is unregulated monster so what would we really do about it um but yeah i think like on that kind of conversation yeah it's, it's, it depends on what it is and i think like because like the way that don't know games would come out it's very it almost seems very double a-esque life is strange one-esque i'm kind of happy with that because there'll be a concentrated amount of people who will be following it not yeah star wars level of like people following it and breaking everything apart and doing all this then it's going to be like that's when it's littered all over your timelines and stuff um so i think that's me for the main topic unless you have anything else to add nope i have nothing else to add except uh screw the supreme court but well, fuck no. That's that that's in itself in the conversation. I, I, Listen, I, I, you're across the pond, man. You're safe. I am in my in my lifetime I've seen a lot of things and I thought one thing that would never get overturned in any legal precedent was Roe versus Wade, and that is just something that happened in my lifetime, which is shocking. But I wouldn't I as I was thinking about this actually generally, because obviously Michelle Luke, a lot of the Montreal people were on Twitter, that I wouldn't be surprised if they make a reference towards this in their game. Depending on how oh, far yeah. it's in development and stuff like that, I wouldn't be very. I would not be very surprised if they try and make some reference to it in between whatever it is. Not like a huge, you know, bang on point, but like maybe in, in, mm-hmm. like a I don't know something. But I wouldn't be surprised if they they mention or make references because it's very significant. And yeah, there's yeah. a Supreme Court for you, right? So yeah. let's move into the, the final topic, which is one that you recently introduced, was which was spread the arts. Yay. I want to get yours first because you've been teasing it. So I right, so that. mine, mine, mine isn't something to recommend personally. Having done that, because like the only oh, thing I've recently don't play the game, playing PlayStation. Well, no, because I so mine's mine's not going to be it's not going to be Assassin's Creed Freak. I wouldn't recommend that. And I'm not going to recommend Kenobi because I've only watched one episode and I can't like it, I have my own feelings on that, which many people have, and it's only one episode. But like it will, yeah. it will be based on my recommendation. Will be oxen free from what you said but i wanted to talk about oxen free this is spoiler free as well because i want people to go into the expectation of this because like michelle mm-hmm. tweeted about it when i put, put it on there he's like you really i think you'll really enjoy this game and alex is one of my favorite characters in like recent memory and i was like when i played it alex gave me this kind of vibe where i wish she was like you know monster hunter capcom-esque pulled out the game and then put into the life of strange universe as like a cameo like you could just put okay. her from take her from oxen free and just put her in like life is strange before the storm or something yeah. you'd seen her in the town or something because she feels so fit for it but let me give you my controversial opinion here if you okay. had dropped oxen free on my desk today and said can you review this game it's been out for a while on ps4 but you said to me can you review this game for me right i'd be like okay and i was reviewing it and the score scale i would give it a one out of ten on ps4 on PS4. i would write a review specific. Uh, on yeah PS4. on ps4 on ps4 i would write your review which would have all the great positives on there because it's got really good positives in there. Yeah. And I would write you the negatives and the score would say one out of 10. And you'd be like, what is going on here? My yeah. problem with that is that the PS4 version is broken. It, I cannot finish the game. I will not tell you what the ending is. I cannot finish the game. I went and read it and saw it. Apparently, I think from patch 1.6 or something, the game has broken on PS4. Trophies do not unlock yeah. on it. I think I unlocked one trophy for my entire playthrough. Other trophies do not unlock. And then you can't, it crashed four times during playthrough. So I think like one point it crashed in the middle of something and I'd got sent all the way back to where the original checkpoint was. So I was walking through the same scenes again. Um, and then on top of that, the ending, I cannot reach the end of the game. So for me, anything that is defined as a one out of 10 on a, on a score scale is something that is broken. 
And yeah. I can't say to you, if I come on here and say, here's the finale of Kenobi and I cut the last 20 minutes off of you, what are you going to say to me? That I haven't finished right. it yet. And, right. and maybe, there's an argue, maybe there's an argument with a film where you can review it and you don't need to watch the entire thing, but with a game and you put that much investment into it. And mm-hmm. the fact that I can't finish the game out of my own personal choice because the game is broken in there, that would be yeah. my position right now. So I would suggest is, very much do not buy the PS4 version of it. Um, yeah, which is wild because I've played, like I played it fully, like beat it yeah. on Xbox, PC, and the Switch. And I never had an issue with the ending like you did. I never played it on PS4 because I, I don't really go on PlayStation too much. But, like, yeah, that's the first time I've ever heard of that. But, you know, PlayStation 4 version. I sent you the video of it. You saw it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, I've never had that happen. So let me add to something else, which is that high school studios did respond to me on Twitter. And I put a ticket through on Surfing, and they've elevated it to their finger. They sent me another email saying this has been elevated to critical or something. So they are fixing it. But in that yeah. current state, I would recommend you don't play Oxenfree, especially on the PS4. But- Aside from that, we're just talking <laughs> about the story here. You're not analyzing it like a reviewer. What did you think of the story? I always, I always analyze them because they're reviewers. I can't. I can't. Be I can't. I can't, no, I can't, I can't. I, I, every every scene that comes out, I'm critically looking at it. I can't look at it that way. Oh my right. god! What, what did okay. you think of um, like just the just the dynamic of the whole crew? Like, did you like right. how? So yeah. this is this is this is again like where interesting conversations are built into this. So like obviously like I think was it was it the joke was it Dick Harden? Harden yes, Dick, Dick Harden. Yeah. Well yeah. I, I was genuinely like laughing for like twenty minutes of that. I I'm I'm the most yeah, Dick Harden. When it's like when it's like those kind of jokes, I am someone who's like so easy to please, I will like laugh for like twenty five feet minutes like nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um Right. So the actual story the story is okay. Yeah. I think it it's it, it started to like lose, it's, it's char- yeah it's charming it's it's, it's, been it's done I, before you know yeah I find the I find the more concentrated story of Alex and sibling more interesting which is more for me yes. I, the the outer mystique thing doesn't really resonate with me it's it's kind of interesting at first but then it starts to fall off a little bit of a cliff for me like halfway mm. in three quarters and I was a bit like hmm I really like the cast, cast of characters they are really nice the dialogue is exceptional these people feel normal they feel yes. like people you'd meet they, they are generally like it's like people who know who talked who talk to each other it's not like me writing people having a conversation because fuck me yeah. <laughs> that would be a conversation itself but it's like people actually having conversations with itself there's two problems i had with oxen free beyond other mm. issues as well one is whilst its art direction is beautiful yeah the way the game is set out i don't like so where you're following like almost like a side scroll it's like you're following through the problem with this is that you can go around scenes where like i'm walking and the dialogue interruptly changes to something else because i've triggered the next prompt so the entire exchange i had here which is meaningful is lost so i had to basically at one point stop whilst these two characters were talking because i was fearful of moving forward and triggering what the next event would be i would lose this entire dialogue exchange between them so that was an issue that i had with it and that kind of goes into my second one which was earlier in the show i mentioned it. i was going to mention it here video games are a very great uh medium they're really one of the most truly unique because we are the players and we get the opportunity to kind of interact with things we get to see things we get to do things but I always feel like the developer needs to be like, no, you're playing a video game and I'm going to have control over this. So you can't just do what you want to do during this scene. And this is what I feel like with 
again, why Metal Gear is my favorite game, where it's like, it's very cinematic-esque, but then there's yeah. kind of like, the way, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's very cinematic-esque, but there's always a kind of film where it's like, no, you need to watch this cutscene now. We're going to take you away from right. it. You're taking the control away from it. Because what I found was, there were really sentimental moments in Oxenfree between Alex, sibling, you know, other characters. But the problem was, I was running around like a, a, a daft twat like circling around like in a finger and it's like and i'm doing it on purpose i'm like why are you not stopping me from running around here like imagine for example episode five of like life is strange one where chloe's like saying you know max you have to sacrifice me you need to set the town all this imagine me just goofing around in the lighthouse section where it's like i'm just like running around like max and you're thinking like who's taking this seriously i can't gauge it at that point you need to take you need to be like stop the controls that we're taking the controls away from you you need to focus here it's important that you listen to this conversation. You can't have any movement. So that, that's my issue with it. It's like, it's like that, because like what they could have done was, and this is the kind of main point, it's like they could have zoomed the camera in onto the two characters and had a more meaningful exchange where it's like, imagine Life is Strange 1, take all the, all the big scenes where it's like Max, Chloe talking to each other, reverse cam, camera angles. Story wouldn't have the same impact. Right. Just wouldn't. Yeah, we don't know what they're going to fix in Oxenfree 2, which is going to release soon. <laughs> like they, they could have mm-hmm. like, taking all the story beats and like actually um, fix it all. Because what you're talking about kind of happens in their second game after party. Uh, there's a Go lot ahead. more character emphasis. Um, I don't, I didn't really connect with the story in after party. I think, I think it was a weaker one, but in terms of gameplay, in terms of uh, choices, in terms of like actual consequences in the game, I think it was a better game. Um, I didn't really connect with the story too much, but I, I think that we're going to take what they had with, uh, oxen free and after party and like put it into oxen free too. So I'm excited for how they're going to implement with oxen free too, but I, I, I really connected with oxen free. I liked it a lot. I, I mean, I played it all the way through on three different systems. So I really <laughs> liked it, but, and I made a video on it. So I you did, you did make a video on it. it popped up. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I love popped oxen. up in my YouTube suggestions after a little bit when I was like looking up, looking up oxen free. Like, there he is. Yeah, hey, yeah popped up in the corner. Nice. Sorry at that. Um, <laughs> see, like again, like let me. I'm not moaning that I don't like this game. I think it's good. No, you're going on and it, the of a reviewer. Like you're a professional reviewer. You're not like just a regular yeah. game. Well, it's that, and it's like I'm, my immersion is like broken at certain points. Like it's, it's I can tell. I can mm-hmm. tell it's made by someone from Telltale because like obviously when yes, yeah, the prompts it's and stuff. Cousins, and I was like, yeah. The, you know, yeah, and you have like the faces as well, and it pops up, and it's like. Um, you know, it says like, you know, how someone's mood is towards you. Um, yes. mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of get that. I was like, it's almost like, it reminded me that, you know, um, this person will remember me kind of like thing from Telltale. But again, like that didn't have a huge amount of like impact from it. Obviously towards the end, it affects certain things, but I was kind of like, it just didn't have a huge impact within the story. Like, um, mm-hmm. Life is Strange one-esque kind of like vibe, but I, I was I was I was fully immersed with it. I was very nostalgic for that kind of period when I was playing for it. The, the art direction is beautiful. The voice acting is exceptional. The writing is exceptional. The dialogue is exceptional. Um, there was a lot of positives to take away from it. But the experience I got left with PS4 was a bit like, yeah, I was a bit like I was like, and, and that's truthfully like if you actually get told me to write a review at the, in its current state on that post 1.6 patch, it would get one out of ten for me. I can't justify someone yeah. and say, hey, you need to go and pay. I got it on sale, but you pay like five dollars for it whatever it is and then they go and play and it's like hang on a minute the game is broken at the end and it's like mm-hmm. well it was it's not just a personal me experience it's a it's a general experience with a lot of people so right i i i couldn't i couldn't put myself above it and hopefully they do fix it they did say they were trying they're working on something 
I give them credit, uh, benefit of the doubt. But I did really enjoy certain parts of Oxen Free. It was really enjoyable, especially Alex. Alex is, is, you know, you want those kind of characters in the games. They're the ones that really click with you. And I was really kind of uh, taken away from it. So I thought I'd give my, my update from, from my section of this part of the podcast oh, to yeah. you. So my I have two things, right? Uh, one is kind of like a... Whoa, like a little, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't well, make a little side thing. Bringing two in here. Like <laughs> a little side thing. Uh, I'm going to get into a game, but like I just rewatched the movie. Uh, and I'm just like emphasizing, if you haven't watched yet, Chef, uh, which stars... Um, oh, no. What's his name? Oh, no. But he, he directed Iron Man. He was happy in Iron Man. He's in all of his movies. He was an elf. He directed Elf. Oh, no. What's his name? I just well, have a mental I, picture of Chef from South Park. Chef, but... no. <laughs> um, okay, let me just uh, Google Chef. Sorry. Okay, I just cannot believe. John Favreau. My God, Adam. But John, John Favreau in Chef. It's, it's the, one of the most accurate uh, movies about people who are in the... Uh, who are in the restaurant industry. It is incredibly accurate. Um, As someone who, you know, if I don't make it in music, I would not mind making a career in the chef world, like going to Michelin star restaurants, cooking. I I love my job right now. But uh, as someone who is in the food industry, this is one of the most accurate takes of the food industry and the passion behind it I've ever seen in my entire life. So... Uh, if you haven't watched it yet, I've watched it for the fifth time, uh, Chef. So go watch that. But the one that's more detailed, that's new to me, I only played the first chapter, and now I'm actually going around to beating the game, is uh, Plague Tale Innocence, which is actually, Ooh. yes, I am just coming around to beating it because, of course, one of my favorite composers uh, composed it. Um, who I can never pronounce his name, Olivier de, de, de Oh man, I'm not French. I'm sorry, De Riviere, De Riviere. Okay, uh, so we worked on Remember Me. So Michelle, if you're watching us, Luke, if you're watching us, you've met the man. Uh, please um, correct me because I'm I'm Olivier de, de Riviere. De Riviere. Please don't make me meet him. I'm gonna be so embarrassed. But anyway, so. He, uh, he composed it. Uh, I think it's a beautiful composition. But more importantly, the game is really good. Like, I'm only halfway through the game, essentially. And I, I, I love the story. I think some of the dialogue is a little bit rushed uh, for, for my liking. Like, there's some, there's some emotions that, like, go from zero to 60 real quick. But because it's a more, much more concentrated game, it's an eight-hour game. I, you know, I can appreciate it for that much. It, it doesn't build up to these emotions. It goes zero to 60 real, real quick. Um, but from what I like it, I like the setting. I like how linear it is. I'm like, you're exploring, of course, but I like a good story that's linear. I like a good emphasis on the music. I like a good emphasis on the stealth mechanics, but it's not too stealthy. It's not going to like screw you up. Whenever you get caught, you know, it's your fault. So... I like it so far. I like the emphasis on the rats. It's a it's a really beautiful game. And with the second game coming out in October and it's on Game Pass, I'm like, why haven't I beaten it yet? So now I'm going around to beating it. So <laughs> it's a good game. And Olivier de Riviere. De Riviere. De Riviere. De Riviere. Uh, bonjour, Beckett. 
I think that's I think that's how it's done. Olivier, Olivier de, de Riviere. Yeah, de Riviere. Olivier de Riviere. Obviously, I'm terrible at pronunciations, but I'm kind of just saying yeah. I think that's what it is. I don't think Luke <laughs> Work don't remember me, by the way. Oh, you don't think so? Oh, no, no, he didn't. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. I'm going to look at them now. So, Michelle, if you're watching this, um, please don't please don't introduce me to him. I'm going to be so embarrassed. Michelle was <laughs> one of the artists. Yes, I remember Michelle was being an artist and remember me. Um, yeah, so very good two choices. Chef is a very accurate one as well. It's very scary. How... I, always say, I always say to people, like, I, my, my controversial say to Adam is, like, if I ran my country where I did, I'd make it conscription for everyone to do two years of hospitality service because if yes. you did... Everyone in this country, or even in the US as well, would never be an absolute twat when they go into this place like that. <laughs> because once you've worked in a place like hospitality, you know yeah. you you will never look at it the same way. Never look at it in the same way. You'll never treat someone the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, I I I did. I went into the restaurant industry by accident, um, and now I'm I'm loving it. So I would, you know, if that's my career point. I, you know, I don't care. I think I, I generally think that I could probably start like a TikTok podcast about backs, about stories that happen in hospitality. I could genuinely think it would have like an attraction of people who follow it because like if you, when you don't work it and you understand what happens down from the people you yeah. work with, the chefs, it was like I have like eight hundred stories from about two and a half years when I was working in hospitality. That's yes. just when I'm like working full time and part time. Like you do not understand it. Like let me give you just one example for the story. It's random as well. When I was working there once. This guy, <laughs> I can't even do this. He orders, yeah. he orders like a ribeye. It's like 60, was it 60 ounce of so 60 ounce ribeye, medium rare. So okay. I'm like, okay, take it. The guy who's running the pub that I was working for a minute, he was one of the co-owners and he was also the head chef at that point. So oh when boy. he was in there, like big Welshman as well, Jesus Christ. And he like, when he started screaming and firing at you, it's like, you don't want to hear it. Makes it. And, I, and this guy could cook as well. I'm not going to, I'm going to credit cook. Take it out yeah. to the table. This guy starts eating it. Then I go over to the table, obviously check over my, you're all right. And he's with his girlfriend. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, the steak isn't cooked through properly. I'm like, no, please don't do this. Please don't do this for me. Oh. And he's basically cut off the end of the steak and it's still quite red. And I'm like, right. I was like, you need to cut into it a bit more. And he's like, no, this isn't cooked. I'm like, but the emphasis yeah. is that the more the meat moves out, it's going to be, a different colors like if you cut into it it's going to look medium rare the, one, the way you want right. it so like, i don't think so it's like you need to get the chef to take it back so oh i pick God. up the plate and it's like you know like almost like a walk into hell and satan's waiting for me so i'm like yep. walking back already preparing myself i'm like i put that i'm not gonna say this chef's name put it down i'm like i'm like here's a steak um he's like he's like, he's like what's wrong with it and i'm like well yeah. um he said it's not medium rare and i was like and he basically slams everything down pulls the yeah. thing over the thing, cuts it through the middle he's like what's that look like adnan and i'm like well, obviously it's medium rare. He's like, "What well, if it's medium rare?" He's like, "Take it back to him." He's like, "Scream!" Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I was, I, I got yeah. away with a lot of it compared to other people. He, he was kind of more passive with me, if anything. He's like, yeah. "It's medium rare." Like, you take this out to the show. I was like, "Cool." Yeah. Take it back out, and it's like, "Well, the chef's cut it from you and showing it's medium rare." I was like, "All oh, right, quiet." And then the guy eats it for the rest of the meal quietly. That is one story out of a hundred and fifty yeah. I could give you of like horror stories that have happened in that industry that I worked in. It is the most brutal and unforgiving. So when you watch Chef and your recommendation of Chef, I would recommend anyone who worked in hospitality to go and watch it. And if you haven't, watch it because the minute you watch it, you're yeah. like, "Oh, you get rid of the past the Gordon Ramsay kind of like swearing at people and." being absolutely horrible yeah. to people so like you actually say, see hospitality for what it is I'll, I'll tell you this there's there's me 
and then there's back of the house me. Like when I'm yeah. back of the house and I'm like in it, like I'm completely different. I'm not, I'm not gentle. I'm gentle as, as much as I can be. But yeah, if somebody tells me that like, um, like this thing wasn't cooked right, I'm like, okay, someone's ass is about to be kicked right here and right now. Like <laughs> get over here. But uh, it's, it's the frustration though, isn't it? Because like you can you can own your mistakes. If you send out something stupid, it's wrong. That it's your fault. Whereas sure, like if yeah. you cooked it the way that you're meant to cook it. Yeah, if mm -hmm. you cooked it the way that it's meant to be cooked and then someone sends it back, they have absolutely no idea. I would say this to people, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm lover of food to an extent and then also of coffee as well. And I, I, I genuinely sit there in a coffee shop when I go and order my coffee. Mm -hmm. and I listen to these other people come in and order like a, an extra hot decaf skin latte. It's like, why don't you just drink water? Because clearly yeah. you don't understand coffee. If you're getting all this stuff, you've absolutely obliterated any flavor this yep. coffee has. You've absolutely wasted everyone else's time, and you're not drinking coffee at this point. You're just drinking. Just drink and a soda again. Like, yeah, and again, something. you can you can order whatever you want. I've always said this sure. to people. Like, even with, I, I rip on people who order well done steaks, but like, you can order it because there's still a fine art to cooking a well done steak. If you're going to cook it, you have yeah. to cook it properly though. So there's still a fine art to it. But the problem is, if you're there complaining about it. You, sorry, you, you've absolutely you've absolutely obliterated any flavor that's in that meat. Yeah, you've cooked that, that just, animal has died for nothing. I, I saw a tweet about a well done steak. It was like it was um yeah like like oh what do you think of my steak? And somebody said like that's no longer well done. That's congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> or cremation, more like if anything. That's, yeah. like, that's where it's heading towards. Might as well just burn the, the thing. But like yeah like. Those are really good picks that you picked for them. So I would recommend people go yes. and check them out. And we've kept them spoiler-free as well. Because um, you were digging Stranger Things spoilers last podcast. That's bad. Bad, bad, <laughs> yes. bad. Um, so I just I just find a time, time uh, stamp skip for someone for that. Um, but yeah, so we've, we'll wrap yeah. up here. I think we've spoken for long enough. Um, I yes. hope you enjoy this episode. If you have, please do leave a subscribe, like, comment, share, notify. Put yourself on YouTube. It helps. We are slowly creeping to a thousand subscribers. So if you could... Just do that one thing. It would really help me out. And again, these mm. podcasts are available on podcast services. Everything, I'm pretty sure we're on there. So if you do want to listen to Stitcher, iTunes, anything else, you'll find us on there. Um, so yeah, do stay tuned. Hopefully, hopefully, I will try and bring Life After Strange back at some point this month. But yeah, uh, stay tuned either way. We'll have a new Strange cast in two weeks. Um, until then, take care, guys. We'll see you later. Peace.